If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I used to live in a pretty run-down apartment complex. I was pretty young, in my mid-twenties, but it was still a place of my own. It was a studio, so not much room, which was fine because I didn't have any furniture when I first moved in. I eventually got a futon, which became my couch and bed, and a pre-owned Lazy Boy-style chair. I really didn't need much, though, so... I was fine with it. And when I say run down, I mean it. Sometimes my bathroom lights stopped working, and I got tired of telling the office, so I watched a video on YouTube on how to fix it, and I did it myself. The doorknob was pretty loose, so I never relied on that lock, and thankfully there was a deadbolt, and I just hoped that the door frame held up. The neighborhood also wasn't the best, with plenty of robberies and car thefts, so what money I did save on the apartment, I put into a reserved spot in the secured parking garage. All in all, it was just a place for me to sleep, eat, and play my Xbox. However, it wasn't all bad. I had a pretty chill neighbor at the time, Stacy. He was a very laid-back, hippie-style guy. I remember when he introduced himself, he told me what his real name was, but then said he didn't like that name because it was too corporate. So, he went by the name Stacy, because he liked it. I saw no real reason to question him, so I knew him as Stacy. He never wore pants. He was typically wearing shorts, like cargo shorts, never jean shorts, If he wasn't wearing a tie-dye shirt, it was either some kind of poncho or just a jean jacket with no shirt underneath. He had dreads that went past his shoulder, and a beard probably equally as long. He had a pretty cool plant that he kept outside of his door. I think he said it was some kind of tree, and he took extensive care of it. I often saw him watering it, replacing the pot, or even putting things like eggshells in it to help the soil, as he put it. He also liked to sit outside of his apartment with a beer and just look out the entrance door. He often left his door open, as he said he was trying to keep it cool in there, and he always had incense going. I just assumed that he had troubles with his AC, as I always did. He also invited me over to smoke, but I always politely declined. That was never my thing, but I don't judge. We were also in a state where it was legal. But, like clockwork, I would come home from work late at night, he'd be out there with his can, we'd have a small conversation, and he would invite me over. I would decline, he would say it was a bummer, and wish me a good night. For the area and the building, at least I had a pretty cool neighbor, I thought. However... As expected, with an old place like it was, I started hearing a weird scratching sound. The first time, 
It was late at night, and it was after I got off work, so I figured I was just hearing things, so I let it go. When I heard it again, I thought maybe it was an appliance, like the fridge or the AC unit, so I made a mental note to check them the next day since I was off. However, during the day, it never seemed to happen. But it also didn't happen every night. So, the next night that I was laying on my bed, and I heard the sound, I sprung up and started hunting for it. To my surprise, the sound wasn't coming from the unit, the fridge, or the hot water heater. So I tried to hone into the sound and traced it to part of my wall. My futon was against the left wall with the chair at an angle facing the TV. The TV was in the corner on the opposite side with my desk and computer against the wall opposite of my bed. The sound seemed like it was coming from the wall that my desk was against, but closer to where my TV was. This was also the same wall that I shared with Stacy, so the next day, I asked him if he was hearing the sound too. He said that he didn't, but that he would keep his ears open and let me know. Whatever it was, I felt that I needed to let the office people know so that they could look into it. Since it was an old building, I was worried if maybe there were mice that managed to get in and were living in the wall. If that was the case, then they needed to look into it quickly before it got worse. But, as expected, they didn't move quickly at all. I continued to hear the sound for probably a week, and it was driving me insane. You could hear the little scritch and scrapes, and I thought I was going to lose it. I was already having an unrestful night due to other influences, so this was just adding to it, and I decided to figure it out myself. I didn't know what I was going to do, but in case it was a mouse, I grabbed a big pot to use as a trap, and some trail mix that I had as bait. I felt along the wall again, and started moving my TV and the little entertainment center it sat on, so that I could get behind it. That's when I saw it. There was a small pile of wall, plaster and dust, and there was a hole in the wall. One of my cables was also being pulled into it as well. My first thought was, hell no. I wasn't going to let some rodent chew through the cable, especially if it was one that went to my Xbox. So I slowly knelt down, placed the pod into place, and quickly yanked the cable out of the hole. However, no mouse came running out, nor was there a sound like it was scurrying through the hole. But yet the scratching sound continued. It may have been stupid, but... I angled my phone to shine the flashlight into the hole and leaned down into it. What I wasn't expecting to see was someone's hand with their fingers wriggling around. I barely had time to process this when I saw an extremely bloodshot eye looking through the hole making me jump back. I was kind of on alert, thinking it had to be Stacy, right? This was his wall too, but why would he be doing this? I shouted his name and asked him what the hell he was doing, but I don't think I really got an answer. From what I could hear, he started laughing, a laugh that I had never heard from him before. Then he started spouting nonsense. I think I heard things like, It's there. I could see it. I made it. Oh, where'd it go? 
Where did it go? I can get it. Get it? Yes. It won't stop. I can make it stop. I found it. Where did it go? It was just the same things over and over, and I had never seen him like that. So I went out and knocked on his door, but as I heard him yelling, he never answered the door. So I tried opening it myself, and it was unlocked. I opened the door, but I didn't go in after seeing what I saw. Stacy was still on the floor digging at the wall with a fork and one of those small gardening shovels, repeating basically what I had been hearing. I asked him what the hell he was doing, and he stopped, stood up, and unlike his normal look, he was terrifying. His hair was a mess, and he was just in his boxers. His eyes were red, but they also looked hazy. I'm not quite sure how to explain it, but if he was lying down, I would have thought he may have been dead. My anger and confusion turned to fear and concern when he stood up and was just staring at me like he didn't understand how I got there. I told him to sit down and I motioned to his couch, and he slowly walked over to the couch and started talking about hearing them too, and how he was going to find it for me, because I was his buddy, and his only buddy. Then, as if on cue, he looked at me and said, Good night with a smile and fell over and started seizing. I knew how to handle people having seizures since my mother had them, so I immediately ran to him to lie him down safely, and I called 911. They came and got him to the hospital, and after explaining everything, one of them said that it may have been drug-related. I didn't want to get him in trouble, but I also didn't want him to die, so I mentioned the pot use, but... The cop laughed and said that he knew he used that, but that's not what this was. They left, and I didn't see Stacy for a few days, so I just shut his door and watered his plant for him. I told the office about the hole, but that I didn't know what happened, and as expected, they said they would schedule to have it fixed, so I just got a small plank and put it over the hole in the meantime. When Stacy did come back, He came over and apologized to me for what had happened. He explained that he had run out of his normal drug of choice, and he was given something else to try. And, obviously, he had some bad trips. He said that he didn't feel like he was himself, like he wasn't controlling his body. I don't remember exactly what he said it was, though. It was a terrifying experience for both of us, and he promised that he wasn't ever going to use it again, and he thanked me for watering his plant. He then brought over some killer tamales that he had made the next night. I wouldn't want to have him experience that trip again, but honestly, I also wouldn't mind him as a neighbor again if that were to ever happen. This isn't the first paranormal encounter I've had, but it is only the second time someone was with me when something strange and inexplicable happened. We moved into a new house, and we're currently living in October of last year. I should mention the house we came from also had its share of really creepy happenings, and there's one event that I feel is connected to what happened in the new house. 
I was home alone with my dog reading on my bed. My parents at the time were remodeling their bathroom and had met with the man who would be doing the job at the home improvement store down the block to look at tiles. Now, this whole encounter is quick and over in a matter of seconds, if I'm going to be honest with you. But even now, years later, I struggle to get it out with shaky hands on my keyboard. Before I get on with it, I just want to say that I was in near silence. Meaning no music was playing, no TV, my laptop was off and charging, I was not on my phone, no headphones in, Basically, I wasn't doing anything that would cause noise, and seeing as I was home alone, the only source of a human voice would have been me. The only sound that could be heard was the sound of the air conditioner. So I was on my bed reading, my dog was downstairs presumably napping since he was like 12 years old at the time, he's still kicking, he's 17, but he has a heart condition that causes him to get tired easily. All of a sudden, I hear my mom's voice, greeting the dog like she always does when she comes home. And I mean exactly the way that she does, switching between English and Spanish, the same tone, everything. I stood up and stretched, but I realized I hadn't heard the door open, so I approached the stairs and very confusedly called out to my mom. Mom? Silence. And then... My dog started screaming. I mean screaming as if he was being tortured, crying and whining. I started calling out to him, scared out of my mind. I took the first step of the stairs down, and I immediately froze. Something felt so, so very wrong. I was flushed with this fear. I knew without a doubt that whatever greeted my dog was not my mom. Whatever it was, it literally froze me in fear. My dog finally came running up, zoomed right past me and into my room, headed into my bathroom and hid behind the toilet. Mind you, through tears and shaky hands, I did call my mom. I practically blew her phone up, but all I got was voicemail. That was the first time something like that had ever happened to me, and I knew I couldn't just explain it off and shelve it in the back of my mind. Later, when my mom got home and I told both of my parents what happened, they brushed it off and thought I was just imagining things. The second time is actually what I'm writing this post on. It happened in November of that year, but in between moving and settling in, finding a new job, my grandmother's declining health and how scared my mom was, now has been the only time I've gotten to keep calm and tell the story of my second encounter with what I now refer to as the Mimic. This new house that we moved into was built literally a month before we moved in. The neighborhood is still under construction. My mom and I were sitting in the family room giving each other pedicures. My stepfather had gone out with my grandfather to run some errands. We were watching something on Netflix when we both heard my stepdad come in through the front door. My mom called out to him, Hey, are you okay? To which we both heard him respond, Yeah, honey, I'm good. 
we heard him open the garage door and go in and obviously thought nothing of it. Twenty minutes pass, and we both nearly jump out of our skins when my grandfather opens the backyard door in the family room, peeks his head in, and asks us to open the garage when we had a chance so they could unload the groceries. My mom and I look at each other, again, confused as it seems to be an ongoing theme, and she tells him, Isn't it open? He just came in. We both look at each other, and she starts calling out to him, but my grandfather cuts her off and tells her that's impossible, because my stepdad was out back. We go out to look, and there he was, getting out of his car. To not confuse anyone, we have a huge backyard. It's fenced in, and my parents are in the midst of fixing up the backyard of this new house. So my grandfather had gone to the home improvement store to pick up some supplies and cement blocks to stand the barbecue on. That's why they had brought the car into the back. I look at my mom to see that she has the same petrified look on her face, My stepdad is still getting out of the car, not looking at us. He says, Sorry guys, I left the house key by accident. Can you open the garage door so we can unload the groceries? There's a second fridge in the garage. It's six people in one home. My mom takes off inside with me trailing behind her, and lo and behold, the lock on the front door was still on, and the garage door was still locked as well. I can't even explain how terrifying this was for my mom and I. We don't speak of it. That day, my parents fought for hours. My mom was thinking it was my stepdad playing some kind of prank on her, but clearly that was not the case. Later that night, when my mom was alone, I approached her, and I asked her what she thought about what happened. My mom looked at me very sharply, looked me dead in the eyes, and said, Don't ever talk about this again. Don't. I didn't personally think about connecting the two experiences until now, but since then, I've not encountered the mimic. So, this goes hand in hand with my last story about my neighbor who drove me out to the boondocks without saying a word. It's the same neighbor. After that incident, he seemed more like an upstanding citizen and good Samaritan. He drove me out to the city to get groceries for my family, helped me fix my broken refrigerator, you know, the good neighborly things. One day, however, he's visiting and having a conversation with my mom. She's telling him about her Catholic upbringing and how she loves the church. He doesn't even hesitate to tell her that he doesn't like the church in any shape or form. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, okay, everyone has allowed their opinion, but the way he said it was with such disgust and a hint of anger. He then asks her what she would say if he said that he was of the devil. He let it hang in the air for a bit and just stared at her. Finally, she answered him, saying that she would politely ask him to leave, only if he truly believed it. He goes on to tell her about how his grandma would take the life essence of dogs to stay young, and he had the ability to heal or make people sick. 
And that's when I'm starting to think that something is seriously wrong with this guy. My mom excuses herself after that and heads to her room. He's like, okay, I guess it's time for me to go. As he's walking out, he shows me the dog tags that he keeps around his neck. Nothing out of the ordinary there. Most veterans I know wear them. But he shows me what's between them. It's a metal coin. He tells me that it's for protection, and that he was just trying to get my mom to understand that magic is either good or bad. Depending on how you use it, then he just leaves. A few days later, he brings over a portable swamp cooler, and he leaves some of his tools, so I take them back to him. He asks me if I would like to stay and watch some TV with him and his daughter, and I'm like, okay, sure. He was watching Ancient Aliens, and it was about magic. Surprise, surprise. Of course, he wanted me to stay. So he goes on and tells me about how magic is real and how he can do it. All the while, his daughter is next to me like, yeah, this is what he does, just go with it. As he's telling me about how it works and what to do to make it happen, I start to shift in my seat, half on, half off, in a ready-to-run type stance. I know that I wasn't subtle one bit, and he took it all wrong. He assumed I was looking at him like he was crazy. Kind of right, but I was ready to throw down in case he came at me. He finally stopped talking and asked me what do I think. I told him that if you have to do certain things during certain times with certain words, then you're pretty powerless to me in my eyes. Nothing more than a glorified Houdini. That pissed him off because he tried using Chris Angel as an example of what fake magic is. I look over, and his daughter has a look of shock on her face. I looked over at him, and he looked like he was about to tear me a new one. Luckily, his daughter's alarm goes off, and I use that as a distraction to leave. As I'm leaving, he's just going on about how his magic is real, and I'm nothing more than another churchgoer who believes what a book tells me to believe. I haven't talked to him since, and he's left me alone as well. Edit. After rereading the rules, I'll go into the whole reason as to why I got physically defensive. As he was explaining what magical abilities he has, his words, not mine, he kept claiming that the power is his, comes directly from him, saying that what was being said on the show was wrong. The show said that special items were created to direct magic and energy. That's when he asked me what I think God is. I just told him that God to me is the universe. And that's when he told me that magic isn't any different it's the same as praying, it's the same as thinking, it's just energy. I'm like, okay, I've heard this before, nothing new and nothing I myself don't know. Then, he tells me how he scared a child by projecting his thoughts into their mind, saying his mom was going to die over and over again. That's when I start looking at him like, why would you mess with a child like that? Then he said that he would put eye drops in people's food and he would just heal himself while eating with them. That's when I got defensive, thinking that this guy was warped. That's when he tells me that he's willing to share what he knows with me, and there's more out there than just making people think they're seeing stuff. Unlike Chris Angel with his fake floating. 
I moved out of state to a very small town. The first day of moving in, a neighbor walking his dog greets me and introduces himself to me. He gives me a quick rundown that the neighborhood is filled with tweakers and other shady types. I took that as a general warning that that may be all I'll deal with. A few months later, he invited me over to his place to teach me how to do some woodwork. As we're making a shelf for my cat to sit on, he's asking me some questions. To me, they were normal everyday questions, but looking back, I realize now that he was trying to get information out of me. Why did you move out here from out of state? Who lives with you? Do you have any other family members in the state or area? Once we were done, we went to install the shelf, and he met my mom who stays with me. He talks to her for a bit, and then we left to walk back to his place. He starts telling me that he can see our yard from his place, and he notices that I barely go outside with my dogs. He then told me not to worry, that if someone breaks into our place and he can see them, he can shoot them from his room. That's what I'm thinking... How is that possible? You live over a half a block away. Before I can question him, he asks if I want to see more of the town. I'm like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) He walks to his car and pulls out something from the middle compartment, and then tells me to go to his pickup truck. So I do while he's filling the gas tank up with gasoline. Once he's done, he walks over to the driver's side and opens the door, and then drops a holster between us. He then tells me not to worry about it, as I'm looking at it trying to see if it has a gun or not. As we're driving, I realize that he hasn't said a word for over five minutes. This guy loves to hear his own voice. Another thing I noticed is that we're on a dirt road, and I haven't seen a single house, trailer, or vehicle for a while. I guess I gave off some nervous vibes because he suddenly goes, So, yeah, unless you know where you're going out here, you'll get lost. And it's best to have a pickup or an ATV to drive out here. After about another ten minutes of silent driving, we get to a little creek. Luckily, there was another truck out there. All he says is, Huh, look at that. Someone else is here with us and he grabs the holster and gets out. We both see a lady with a big dog playing in the water. She turns to us as she sees him walking closer to her. She gestures to his holster, and he tells her not to worry, and that it's for snakes. She lifts her shirt above her waist to show her gun, and she tells him that she's not worried one bit. They talk for a few minutes, and she tells him that her husband is home waiting for her to make dinner, and... She's just out letting the dog have some playtime. The neighbor changes his tone and posture from confident to defensive now. She called her dog and they went to their truck. He's watching her and she hasn't started her truck yet. A few minutes pass and he tells me, I guess it's time that we go too. That's when we get to his truck, she drives off. The drive back, I start to get uneasy and creeped out. Why would he drive me all the way out there and then just leave? Why tell me not to worry about the holstered gun, but then tell the lady what it's for? I finally get out of my head and just break the silence, 
and I give him my life story as to why I moved. Finally, he responds that he can relate to my story, and he gives me the rundown of how the town is and what it's about, and that some people are more racist than others, and that I should watch my back for that. Once we get back to his place, I tell him that I have stuff to take care of at home, and I nope the hell out of there. I said to myself that if I'm ever going to hang out with him again, it will not be alone. I was a 16-year-old female, 4 foot 11, and very small. I was working at my local grocery store at the time. It was a lovely first job. I had a lot of regulars who I loved making small talk to. One day, I was chatting with my mom in one of the aisles, and once we stopped chatting, I turned to face a man. He was tall, lanky, dirty-looking, and he had a beard that was just graying. I looked next to him to see a girl around ten years old. She looked scared, and he was gripping her hand tightly. I heard her whimper, Dad, don't, quietly before he spoke to me. He said, Hey, so you only weigh 90 pounds? Not knowing what to say, I asked him how he knew that. He gave me a creepy smile and said, I know more than that about you, and walked away with the girl. Not thinking too much of it, I continued stocking shelves and opening on cash when I was needed. Once I was on the cash, I rang through about two regulars. I noticed none of my coworkers had customers at their till, and went to leave when the man and his daughter entered my till. Annoyed, I rang them through. The daughter left for some reason partway through the encounter, and his questions got very uncomfortable. It went from, how was your day, kind of questions, to, how old are you? Are you old enough to date yet? Mind you, I had a baby face, and I looked more like I was 12 or 13. And then, do you want to come to a party with me? Creeped out that I never gave him my age, but did say I was a minor, and was not interested in partying with him. A few days passed, and I kept thinking that someone was tapping on my window at night. For some context, I sleep in a basement. My window looks on to my neighbor's driveway, and they like to party. My blinds are wooden and old. Usually they swing open, which I didn't mind because I liked looking out the window before sleeping. My bed was under the window, and someone could easily see me through the window if they looked hard enough. At this point, I couldn't help but notice the same lanky, creepy man who, might I add, looked to be about in his late 40s to early 50s, was always at the store when I worked. I once noticed him running through every single aisle looking for something. I met his eyes, and moved quickly, and then he followed. When he caught up to me, he asked me where something was. We were right in front of it, and I was called to the till. He laughed and then said, Well, insert my name. You better go open on till, with a smile. I was never dumb enough to tell him my name, and I always forgot to wear my name tags, so I don't know how he knew this. 
Eventually, it got to the point where I didn't sleep. I kept waking up every hour to tapping on my window. Sometimes I swore I saw flashes coming through my window, so I put things in front of my blinds to keep them shut, but still didn't let my parents know because I honestly didn't know how bad it would get. It continued, and I worked many night shifts where this man would come in. I worked until 8, and around 7.30 this man would come in, get one thing, and then ask me to come to parties with him, and other stuff. Trying to be polite, I told him I had things to do, and he seemed to understand, but not exactly get the hint. October came, and on Halloween night, I sat outside handing out candy. I preferred this because I loved seeing the cute kids all dressed up and stuff. This man parked his truck in front of my neighbor's house, and I noticed him leave the vehicle. I stared for a moment, and when I clued in that this was the man, I felt suddenly anxious. My dad left the house seeing the man's dog. It looked similar to my dog, and my dad talked to him about it. I overheard the man ask my dad, is, insert my name here, Able to come trick-or-treating with me and my daughter? Hearing this, my heart dropped. My dad is a military man and has horrible PTSD, but because he didn't know anything about him, he just said, No, she's too old for that, and laughed. I walked into the house and I told my mom everything. Worried, my mom told my dad after his chat and he grew angry, saying, Why didn't you tell me sooner? I would have socked him there and then. I said I didn't know for sure that it was him tapping on my window, but I was pretty certain. My parents kept lookout every night after that, and my mom kept a lookout at work. If she saw the man there, she would usher me to the back room and give me something else to do while the man was there. We explained a short version of this to my boss, and he was understanding. My dad also installed locks on all of my windows, and the final night of the tapping, my dad saw this man's truck outside and heard the taps. My mom said out loud, Honey, grab the gun. Someone's at our daughter's window. Mind you, we did not have a gun at this time, and my mom was just trying to scare him. My dad heard the footsteps, and he ran outside and yelled at the man who jumped into his truck, which hesitantly started after a few tries. He yelled, Next time, you better hope that piece of crap truck starts faster. Then the man drove away. My birthday was later in the winter, and I was turning 17. The man didn't know this, but in December, about a month exactly after my birthday, he saw me in the store. I slowly walked away, thinking he wasn't dumb enough to talk to me again, but I heard him say, Sorry I missed your birthday. It was a month ago, right? I was away for work. I freaked out and walked away without giving him any attention. That was the last time that I saw or heard from him. My dad brought this up with the neighbors, a decent young couple in their 20s, the girl is a bit of a ditz. She's the one that's related to the freak. My family is divided on this. I think it's her dad, 
my dad thinks it's her uncle, and my mom thinks it's her brother. Her boyfriend is pretty smart, but a bit of a partier. Both of them apologized profusely, and the boyfriend said that he hates her side of the family, and promised that the man would not be coming back anymore. I'm now 20 and am finally comfortable sleeping near the window again, and finally warmed up to changing in my room again. I was scared to for a while for obvious reasons. Sorry this was so long, it has been a while since this happened, and not many people know this about me. It was the single most terrifying real-life thing to have ever happened to me. So, I have what my friends say is automatonophobia, which is fear of robots or inanimate objects resembling humans. I say they're full of it because I don't fear wax sculptures or robots. I fear skinny humanoid creatures that walk on all fours or walk strangely, like the rake. I'm desensitized to that, though. And I personally believe that it all stemmed with one who I deemed the milkman in a fruitless effort to rid my fear of him. It was about three, four years ago. It was icy and in the middle of an ice storm, and I was home alone. I decided to walk outside by myself at night. Very smart, huh? Mind you, back then I lived in the middle of nowhere. My closest neighbor was a good ways away, and I had tons of land between me and human civilization. The nearest town was 20 minutes away in car. We lived on a huge plot of land, and there was a stretch of drive that I loved walking down. It connected our driveway to our other land that we owned. It was about three miles long, and surrounded by dense shrubbery and thickly tangled trees. It looked like a scene in Lord of the Rings. I loved walking down the stretch, especially at night, because at the time, I was a huge horror fanatic and nothing could scare me. Now, the trees were really thick, and even though the moon was out, and it was reflecting off the icy snow and stuff, there was little snow on the stretch, and it was nearly pitch black. So, I brought a flashlight. I began to walk, and halfway through, I hear a noise, like heavy breathing, kind of a labored sound. I assumed it was my dog, Bruin, and I called out to him. The noise stopped, and I got that feeling of run, 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 but I didn't because I was a stupid teenager. A few seconds ticked by, and suddenly I heard from the direction of the noise what sounded like movement, and then something four-legged running away. It had that distinct sound that dogs have, or that cats have, you know? So, again, I assumed Bruin. He was a shy dog just ran off. I continued walking for a while and was pretending that I was in some elvish fantastical fantasy land, but then I heard another noise. This time, it sounded like something was following behind me, like slowly, like a cat stalking its prey almost. I could hear deep breathing and a near growl or purr. Mind you, cougars and wild cats were an issue up there, 
but normally you could just make super loud noises, and for the most part, they would leave you alone. So, I started screaming the lyrics to some song, and I heard scuttling. And then the thing ran behind the shrubs and away from me. So, whatever, I was fine. I continued walking, and then I see something in front of me. Like I said, the ground wasn't white since the snow couldn't come through the trees, but there was this white, slightly moving object in the middle of this two-foot-wide path. Once again, I got that run feeling, but I ignored it. Not because I was stupid this time, but because I was frozen. If I had to describe it, just imagine someone super skinny hunched over like they were reading a book. Like it had its arms out to its side a little. I did finally move, and it was to take a step back, which I did, quite quietly too. But it moved and then got up. This thing was freakishly tall, like a good six foot five inches. It was so skinny, and its arms were just weird, and it had these freaking claws. It slowly turned around, and its eyes were just black, with the flashlight reflecting off of them. It had this abnormally normal pair of lips, but I couldn't make out a nose. And it was just pure pale skin. I know this may sound like a popular horror genre monster, but this was back before I'd found any of that. Like, a year before I found out the rake existed, or that creepypasta was a thing. And creepypasta is what led me to SCPs, so... Anyways, this thing is looking at me, and I just stood there. I wasn't even shaking, and I couldn't hear anything. I just sat there. It walked toward me, and its breathing was short, deep, and kind of ragged. It came close enough to touch me. It did touch me. It actually left scratches on me, and the feeling of its clammy hands on my bare skin is what finally kicked in my flight response, which I guess me jerking away is what caused it to scrape me. I ran down the pathway, which I was a good ways down it at this point. I could hear this thing behind me, like right behind me. I get to my driveway, and I trip because there was this stupid rock which later screwed up the front end of my uncle's car, but I tripped on it. At this point, I didn't hear it, so I assumed I didn't have to rush to my feet. But I rolled over to get up, and I saw it walking towards me in this horrible, awful way. I panicked and got up and ran inside, slamming the screen door and then my front door. I locked the front door and the back door and all the windows. I put myself in front of the door to keep this thing from coming in. I waited for like an hour or more, and I peeked out of the peak hole, which I had to tiptoe to see out of it. I didn't see anything. I also couldn't hear anything. So, I opened the front door to check... And it was right there, hunched over, one claw poked through the screen. I could feel its breath, and I could hear its breathing. It just looked at me with its soulless black eyes. I was scared, and it slowly stood to its full height, 
and that's when I slammed the door and ran back to my bedroom, locking that door and hiding in my closet. I slept there that night. Then, a few days later, I went out to feed Bruin, which I had to walk less than five yards away from my front door. I'm feeding him, and I look up, and less than eight yards away from me is that thing, just staring at me. I ran inside and got my parents, but when we went back out there, it was gone. A week later, we found Bruin stock stiff and dead in our yard, along with our other dog, Polar. No one has ever believed me, ever, at all. They say that I'm lying, even though for a while I had claw marks on me to prove it. So, yeah, that's the story of the Milkman. A little context. I'm 19, female, and I moved back into my mother's house late last year. I have a neighbor, a 50-ish or 60-ish year old male, who I caught watching me almost every day for the past few months now, maybe since January or February. The way that our houses are laid out is a little confusing. My backyard ends on the side of his house and yard, so the back of my house is pointed to the side of his. My room window faces the back on ground level, so I have direct view of the side of his property. I hope that makes sense. What he will do is stand outside when he smokes, and the whole time his body will be facing my direction. When I first started noticing it, I shrugged it off as him looking at the sky or mountains behind my house, or maybe he was just zoning out. But after a while, I noticed that he didn't try to look in any other direction when I'm in my room. Soon, it was just about every day that I could count on seeing him outside, looking into my window slash yard. I was getting sick of it. I started by hiding when I would see him, and then shutting the blinds on him and opening them up after he left. Then I tried staring back at him, then flipping him off. He knew that I had noticed. Now he would scurry away behind the corner of his house when I protested. At this point, he knows that I've seen him multiple times and that I don't like him. Now, yesterday was different. I had taken the screen out of my window so that my cats could come in and go out as they pleased. One has abandonment issues and won't go outside without someone close. So now, seeing me through my window was even easier. My younger brother was in the back working on our garden, and I was leaning out the window chatting with him. I looked up, and I saw the guy half-hidden behind his house facing right toward me. My annoyance and anger had reached a breaking point. I yelled at him across both properties to stop staring, and he scurried away behind his little corner. My brother and I continued our conversation, as it seemed that he had gotten the hint. I was wrong. I kept an eye out for him and that corner. I saw him again. This time just the top of his head and eyes as he concealed his body behind his house and leaned as far as he could. My blood ran cold. This guy who I don't even know and is three times my age is so desperate to just look at me that he can't stop even after being yelled at. 
I yelled again and he hid again, not saying a word. I was trying to wrap up the conversation between me and my brother so I could shut my window and hide. Once again, I see him, just his head and his eyes staring. I screamed this time and then slammed my window. He cowered off. I wasn't planning on making this post until I saw him doing it again today. My window was shut and he ran off before I could yell again. I feel sick to my stomach about it. He will not get the hint. I don't know what to do. I like keeping my blinds open during the day because I keep a cactus in my room that needs light. Not to mention the lights in my room don't really work, so I have to use sunlight anyways. I shouldn't have to change my routine because of a creep, but I don't think I can report him to the police because he's staying on his property, and I don't know if I can legally record him if he's in his yard. I want to knock on his door and tell his wife, but my mom advised against that. I don't think me giving him a stern talking to will do anything other than fuel whatever fantasies he might have about me. It could be dangerous, too. The situation is starting to affect my mental health. I'll wake up in the middle of the night convinced that someone's right outside looking at me. I can't even change my clothes in my own room anymore because I feel like he's already caught a peek. I don't think ignoring him is an option that I can continue doing. Is there even a way that I could help my situation? The OP then added a few updates. I'm shaking. He was outside shirtless smoking a cigarette. He could tell that I saw him. He scurried away and then came back. I grabbed my camera on Snapchat. I just screamed at him and threatened to call the cops and he argued back. I think I got the recording, but my phone is so old and laggy that I can't tell if it's saved. I called my mom, and I told her that I was going to call the cops. She told me that she would come home and talk to me about it before we do. She was brief. I think I'm going to head to a friend's house until my mom gets home, so I won't be able to respond to comments very well. Wish me luck. Update 2. Mom called again before I left to my friend's and allowed me to explain the situation further. She thought I was outside when this happened, I guess, which is why she wasn't urgent. She's told me to stay home and get the house ready for the cops, and that I can go ahead and call them now. Final update. So, I called the cops, an officer came over, and I showed him from my room where the neighbor stands outside. Basically, he told me to get a curtain, and that since he's on his property... He's technically allowed to stand and look in any direction that he wants to, and it's just unfortunate that my window is easy to see into. He can't tell him to not face my house when he smokes outside. I asked the officer to suggest that he smokes on the other side of his house or on the front porch, and he said that he would talk to him, but he doesn't expect much to happen. I told the officer that I felt like it was an invasion of my privacy and that it had been occurring for months, and that I should be able to live in my room and not be watched. Basically, I guess he has the right to look into my room as long as he is in his yard, and I can't do anything about it legally until there is solid evidence of intention. I also found out that my mom shut off the cameras because it was blowing up her phone too much. 
if I had a recording of yesterday where he had peeked around the corner, I probably could have proven intent. Guess I'm just out of luck. This story takes place by a peaceful lake in the Czech Republic. It all starts long before this, however. It started back in Hollywood when I was about five. It was night, and my town was having their annual hollow fireworks. To get the best view, my mom took me down to the playgrounds. She sat on the bench while I sat on one of the swings. Being five, I couldn't properly use it, but it was a seat nevertheless. I was alone, at least I thought I was. A few minutes into the fireworks, I noticed a boy sitting next to me who I hadn't noticed before, and he was whispering uncontrollably. Although it was dark, it wasn't dark enough that everything appeared black. Yet, despite this, I couldn't see any features whatsoever on this boy. He was just a whispering robot, completely pitch black. By the time I had looked away and back, the boy was gone. The next time I saw him was in Portugal, having sleep paralysis. I've only ever had sleep paralysis twice, and both times have been involving this... thing. But the sleep paralysis was nothing more than him standing at the foot of my bed, staring at me and whispering. Then I fell asleep. The third and final time I saw him was when I had sleep paralysis back in Hollywood. In the sleep paralysis, the boy had managed to crawl into my bed, slowly approaching me. His whispers constantly got louder. I can't describe the fear that I felt in that moment. However, None of these events came close to what happened by the lake in the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic is a second home to me. I'm half Czech and am fluent in the language. Every year we go to this lake in the woods to stay for a week. There are cabins, showers, toilets, etc. It's not a huge resort, but it's sustained. This time, it would have been around 2017. It was maybe the third day when something started going wrong. We all woke up to a pretty big ruckus outside. Something in the water had killed all the fish. And when I say all, I mean all. There were hundreds of fish corpses on the surface of the lake. Later on that day, something even stranger happened. I began hearing things. At first, I could ignore it, but then it became unbearable. These loud whispers in my ear that would only stop when I thought hard enough about it, but I didn't tell anyone as I figured it was just sleep deprivation. I had bigger things on my mind, like the dead fish. My friend and I have always been intrigued by death, and so this event was very interesting to us. As sickening as it sounds, him and I had a plan. We were going to see what killed the fish by chopping it up. We grabbed the fish, that already stank, and we brought it to the woods. Every cabin had an axe which we used to slice open the fish, 
but what we saw was unexpected. A black, tar-like substance oozed out of every organ in the fish's body, and the smell was putrid. It was so horrible that we threw the fish in a hole instantly. The hole was this sort of chimney-like thing in the ground. I'm not sure what its purpose was, but all I know is that it had been long abandoned. But this hole was deep and thin. No human could reach the fish guts with their bare hands. That night, me and my friend decided to go on a boat ride. There were maybe five of us in the boat in the lake. We began talking about the things that I'd been hearing, when all of a sudden, I heard something that nobody else did. It was that god-awful whisper that I had heard before, but moments after I told everyone to shut up, something far worse than inexplicable happened. The boat began to rock violently. This wasn't a usual lake current-type rock. This was a proper shaking, as if someone was underneath the boat purposely doing this. We all grabbed the oars and pulled back to shore, where we ran as fast as we could to the cabin. The group of us all sat down together on the bunk beds, and we started discussing things way into the night. At around midnight, we had all fallen asleep, but by 2am, we were once again disturbed of our peace. Something was outside, something shuffling unnaturally through the trees. It was breathing heavily and almost frantically. None of us dared to make a sound. The noise went away and we were relieved, but suddenly we then heard a sound I will never forget. It was a slurping yet crunching sound, as if someone were to eat the oyster shell with the oyster. Even after this, we were still tired enough to fall back asleep, the next morning, one of my friends and I ventured out into the woods where we had severed the fish, but looking into the hole revealed something we had almost expected. It was gone. With the exception of some black stains, there was no trace of the mutilated fish. I often think about that day and that night, how a collection of my past experiences came together in one night. The only thing I can think about that entity was that it was some kind of demon. This event happened when I was around 8 to 10 years old in the garden of the house that I used to live in. I'm telling the story as I remember it, without fabricating anything whatsoever. One day, I was playing in my garden. I liked to play with the ball that I had, or look through the chain-link fence which separated our family's property from a river. Now, to explain the situation which occurred, I need to explain the shed that we had in the garden. The shed was placed directly at the back of the garden, in the middle of the chain-link fence. This meant I could enter the shed from the front, go to the right side of the shed or the left, but not the back, as it was placed in front of the fence. Another important note is that the right wall of the shed had a window, 
that would grant you vision of the inside of the entire shed. One of the things I really enjoyed doing was walking over to the right side of the shed, knocking on the window three times, ducking down and then getting up and looking directly at the window. I remember doing this because it was fun for little me, but of course nothing would ever show itself, and I only did this as a way to roleplay. This day was very different. Although parts of my memory are hazy, I remember the main event with perfect detail. I was watching the river through the fence, and then I walked to the right side of the shed. I knocked on the window three times and then ducked down. When I jumped back up and looked through the window, a pale white humanoid thing sprouted up and looked at me. I remember it looking me in the eyes, and then it opened its mouth and started moving it. It wasn't moving it in a way as if it was talking, but it was just moving its lower jaw really fast. It's hard to describe. It was just moving its mouth really quick, and I felt maliciousness coming from this creature. After that, it just ducked back down just as quickly as it had came. The situation must have been five seconds long. I remember just staring at the window dumbfounded, completely shocked at what I saw. Even though remembering this situation now makes me really creeped out and scared, eight to ten-year-old me was more curious and perplexed than frightened. So I did what any curious child would have done, and I entered the shed. After all, there was only one way in and out, which was the front door. The only window of the shed could not be opened anyway, so that things should have been inside. When I walked into the shed, I saw nothing. The shed itself is really small, so there would have been nowhere to hide. I just remember being confused more than anything, so I closed the door and continued playing outside. Looking back at the situation as an adult, I would have absolutely run away, as the thing was only human-shaped, but definitely not from our world. Also, I get scared easily as well. The situation only happened once to me, and never again. Even though I played the window-knocking ritual dozens of times after the event occurred. I wouldn't be surprised if it was an overactive imagination, and I'm definitely open to that idea. The only problem was that the creature felt so real. And I can't imagine young me conjuring such a creepy thing from my mind. I also thought that maybe it was my reflection being slightly distorted as it rose up at a similar time that I did. The only problem with that theory is that the creature ducked down while I was still standing up. If you guys have any theories, suggestions, ideas, or just some questions, then feel free to let me know what you think. And thanks for listening to this story. For some background, my great-grandmother, who passed away in 2010, came from a family of Swiss immigrants who arrived in the U.S. in the late 19th century. They owned a bunch of land near Montpelier, Idaho, where they worked a dairy farm. This area is pretty rural, 
and back then I would imagine it was even less populated. So the story might seem all the more creepy through that lens. I actually heard this secondhand from my grandpa. I don't know why my great-grandma never told me this herself, because I would have loved to have asked her for more details. Based on her age, this would have happened in the early 1920s, when she was around 7 to 10 years old. She and her sisters were in the car with their dad, when they had to pull over for a minute and run in to grab something from one of the farm buildings. They're out in the middle of nowhere, basically, with nothing but fields for miles. Not another person in sight. While my great-grandmother and her sister were waiting in the back seat, some kind of huge, hairy creature suddenly appeared out of nowhere and stared at them through the car window. According to my grandpa, my great-grandmother said this creature had a very human-like face, but clearly was not human. It was almost pitch black, and had very mangled hair. There was something really off about its eyes, and the fact that it wore a long flowing white robe that was out of place for the time period and location. She described its expression as curious and a bit confused, but not exactly malicious, though it obviously scared the crap out of them nonetheless. The girls screamed and cried until the father heard them and came running back to the car, but by the time he got there, the thing had wandered off out of sight. They never saw it again. My great-grandma was an extremely sweet, kind, but no-nonsense kind of lady. She wasn't really the superstitious type, and she would always just kind of chuckle at my over-the-top obsession with Harry Potter, so she wasn't the type to sort of make this story up. According to my grandpa, she attested to its truthfulness until her dying days, never once taking it back or denying it as some kind of childhood prank on their father. Does anyone have any idea what she and her sister might have seen? My initial thought was Bigfoot, but the white robe thing kind of threw me off. I've never heard of a Bigfoot account where the creature was wearing clothes. So, I live with my mom, and one night I woke up early. I went to my mom's room and she was up too, on her phone. I go in her room and sit next to her for a couple of minutes... It was dark, back in the summer around July or August, about 4.45am. It was dead quiet, and then, out of nowhere, we hear something fall outside. It sounded really heavy, but we didn't hear anything on the roof, so it was like it kind of fell from the sky, and even the floor vibrated when it fell. It sounded as if it was at least 200 to 300 pounds. Anyways, it fell right outside of our window, and it started growling. Like a legit demon or something. It sounded demonic in the way it was growling. It was like it was saying something in some kind of demonic language. Like if you talked into a recorder and then reversed it. It was really creepy. 
and then it sounded like it was running to the other side of the backyard. It was stomping and still growling the whole time, and me and my mom were freaking out. We both then turned off our phones because of the light. Literally no animal could have related to what this thing was doing. The closest thing to even somewhat compare it to, at least its sound, is a bear. I was about to go outside because I'm a dumb 14-year-old, but my mom stopped me. It went away for like 10 minutes, we turned our phones back on, and then it came running back. It growled even more, and then we heard scraping. We didn't know where it was, but we heard hard scraping. It then ran to our left, there's a fence to our neighbor's house really close, and it kept running and it was just gone. It was so loud and then it just disappeared. It didn't hit the fence or anything. Me and my mom think that it might have come from another dimension, like it fell from the freaking sky. It was horrible. What do you guys think it was? Me and my mom have been wondering about this for so long, and it still terrifies us. If you've had any experience like this, please do tell. We haven't heard anything like this that has happened, and any help would be appreciated. We have countless stories of hauntings, but this story was the worst yet. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and apparently there are tall black creatures that walk along the river on the east side of St. Paul. I don't expect you to know where these places are. I've never experienced or seen these myself, mainly because I haven't tried to seek them out yet. I plan on doing that in the summer. It's winter right now. Anyways, I have an old-timer friend that says it's real, and that they've seen these things with their own eyes. I'm pretty skeptical about all this, but they say it is a tall, black creature, roughly as big as a two-story house, and when they get spotted by these things, they run off. Apparently, they're shy and don't like confrontation. My grandma has an old friend that lives by the river, and during the summer nights, they always walk past her home. My grandma's friend is pretty used to them, but her daughter isn't. My grandma's friend offered my grandma to stay and see them, but she said she was too scared to see them, and I don't blame her. To be honest, I don't know why she hasn't recorded them. I've tried to do quote-unquote research, but can't find anything on these things. Anyways... The main reason why I think this might be true is because of a friend of mine. I'm currently in high school, and am a senior. In my sophomore year of high school, I had a one-off friend that I only talked to during that semester. So, one day I'm talking about these things in class, and he blurts out, I thought I was crazy, because when I used to live in St. Paul on the east side, I would see these every night. He was visibly flustered when he said that, because he thought he was the only one that was seeing these things. It's currently winter in Minnesota, and I'm going to make an update this post in the summer because I'm going to go see these things for myself. So, 
Yeah. See ya. So, last night, I awoke at around 3 a.m. after going to bed at 12. I went to get some water and sat back down on my bed, staring out my window. I live in a heavily wooded area in New York, not the city, so hopefully that helps set the scene a little. I was looking out my window, and there are many trees visible outside my window, as my house is on a cliffside. I'm kind of at the middle of the 30-foot-tall trees. The window I was looking out overlooked the cliff, and the trees are right in front of me. The moonlight illuminated something on one of the trees. It was a humanoid-like figure, and its features were barely visible through the darkness. I looked at it in fear, as it was about seven feet tall, but appeared to be crouched down on the sturdy branch. After about ten seconds, it turned its head and looked at me. Its eyes were red, and it stared at me for about another ten seconds, and then it looked like it fell off the branch. I rushed to the window to see what had happened to the thing, but it took off into the bushes and greenery of the forest floor. It moved fast. I saw the bushes moving as it got further away in the moonlight. I would like to know if anyone knows what this creature was. I believe in the paranormal, but I hadn't yet had any encounters with anything besides this. I did some shallow research, and I believe what I saw was possibly a wendigo, although I'm not sure at all. If you think you know anything, please reach out to me. Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel, where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5-star, 1-star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And, if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends... I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.